are a lot of questions out there in the world, a lot of hard to answer questions. And the reason I started with this video is because kids are usually the most likely to ask them. We've gotten better about this here at Prince of Peace, asking questions, even difficult ones, but that doesn't mean we're comfortable with it yet. So I thought, what's the hardest thing I've ever had to explain? I asked Sam this question earlier in the week, and P.S., that was a mistake because he is a math and physics teacher, so that is not a normal set of questions that he has asked, and it has its own level of difficulties. I think in general, as parents, as people who are in church like I am, uh, our top difficult questions that are asked are about life and death, as a parent, where babies come from, that's a hard one. Um, and God's, I mean, it's not hard, but it's hard to talk about, right? And God's stuff. What do we do with God? How do we know God exists? What happens after we die? These are big questions. Today's gospel has Jesus trying to answer one of these kind of big questions of faith that his disciples have. They're trying to ask him, what is the kingdom of God like? You keep talking to us, Jesus, about this kingdom of God that's coming and we want to know what to look for. We want to know what it's going to be like. Can you just give us an idea? Now a quick side note here about Matthew's gospel. As Matthew was writing for a specifically Jewish audience, there are some rules he follows that none of the other gospel writers do. In this case, Matthew says the phrase kingdom of heaven instead of saying kingdom of God. There are reasons for that. We don't need to spend time on that this morning. But just know that in Matthew's gospel, kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are used interchangeably. So when Jesus, in today's gospel, says the kingdom of heaven, he isn't talking about heaven like fluffy clouds and angels playing harps heaven. He is talking about the kingdom of God. What God's kingdom looks like versus the kingdom of earth or the kingdom of this world. So this is important because when we hear this text, we often go right to that Hollywood picture of heaven that we have, clouds and angels, right? We hear kingdom of heaven, then this is where we go. But that is not the question that Jesus is trying to answer. Jesus is trying to answer a specific question about how God's kingdom, God's rule over that kingdom, looks different than the one we are in now. I, too, really want to know the answer to this question. I look around at all the anger and vitriol and division and hate and misunderstandings and unwillingness to see somebody else's point of view, and I, too, want to know how the kingdom of God is different than the world we are currently living in. Jesus is trying to help the disciples understand this very same thing. So he tells a series of parables, beginning with the words, the kingdom of God is like. So I want to try something here. Remember, fifth Sunday, I get to do whatever I want. I want us to try to fill in the blank first. So you're going to have to be brave, and I know you guys can do this. So what do you think the kingdom of God is like? So you're going to say the fill in the blank. The kingdom of God is like, and then you say a thing. So who can do it? Who's going to be brave? Sue. The kingdom of God is like peace. Can I say that? There you go. 
The kingdom of God is like your best day. I like that one. Anyone else? Come on. This side of the room? The kingdom of God is like nothing you've ever experienced before. Oh, that's a good one. Anyone over here? This side's been quiet. They're still quiet. Anyone else? The kingdom of God is like standing on a mountain. Oh, I like that one. Hypothetically, Brent was just recently standing on a mountain, so that kind of makes kind of makes sense there. Unrelated to anyone else? Kingdom of God is like coming home. Ooh, I like that one too. Ooh, we have a really good list, you guys. The kingdom of God is like your best friend. This is such a good list. Okay. So, for those of you who, who were brave enough to answer out loud, and you don't have to say this now, but why, or if you had it in your head, why did you choose that thing? In your mind, what characteristics does the kingdom of God have? It's a kind of a feeling, right? It has a specific feeling of, I mean, coming home. You all know what a feeling that feels like, right? Or your best day. We know what that feels like. See, what we just did here in this room is exactly what Jesus does with his disciples. Jesus says, although if we compare our list to Jesus, they're going to be a little different, right? Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, yeast, buried treasure, a pearl of great value, and a net full of fish. Now, we didn't really read further on this morning, but if we had, after giving these examples, Jesus says to his disciples, do you understand what I'm saying? And they say, yeah, (laughs) which I think, really? (laughs) You needed five examples of a thing and you got it after that? Those are completely unrelated things, right? They say yes. Now, I think these examples, unrelated as they are, feel kind of random. If There's a moment in the movie Anchorman, which you can now file under things you never thought you'd hear from the pulpit, but when Steve Carell's character, Brick, says, I love lamp, do you remember this part? And the guys say, are you just looking around the room and pointing at things you see and saying you love that? And he's like, yeah. So I feel like this is what Jesus is doing here. He's like, the kingdom of God is like mustard, like a mustard seed, that thing right there that you're sitting on. I feel like he's kind of just looking around and picking and choosing the random things. That's kind of what this feels like. They're on a shore of a lake. And so he sees the lake and he's like, a a net full of fish. There's fields all around. He's like, oh, it's like a treasure in a field. He's looking around him and choosing things. But despite how random and unconnected they feel, what if these examples are completely and totally intentional? See, if we take each example at face value, it gives us some important things about the kingdom. Mustard seeds are small, but they spread like wildfire. A little bit of yeast in a bunch of dough goes a long way. Finding a treasure in a field is unexpected and surprising. Pearls are valuable and worth giving up everything to keep the one of most value. And a wide net brings every kind of fish into a boat. So just on the surface, one might assume that the kingdom of God looks small but can go wild, 
changes everything it touches, surprises us, it's worth a lot, and it leaves no one out. Pretty good, right? It's a good, it's a good start. And I'm sure I have preached some of these very things before because they are all true. That is all true. And I'm sure you've heard sermons about these very things. But there's an underlayer here that we don't often spend a lot of time on. See, a mustard seed is a weed and it spreads and spreads and spreads. And actually farmers kind of hate it a little bit. It takes over entire fields. And if you take the time to clear your whole field of mustard, if your neighbor has mustard in their field, it'll just take over yours again. Kind of like if you get all the dandelions out of your yard and your neighbor still has dandelions in their yard, and then the next day you get up and your yard is full of dandelions again and you wonder how that just happened. Yeah, you're all laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or the yeast example. Now, the Greek word that we heard translated as mixed in, this one mixed some yeast into the flour, it actually means hid. So this lady took a little bit of yeast and hid it in a bunch of unleavened bread mix. So what do you think happened to that baker when he put it in the oven, right? It was kind of a surprise. It changed the whole thing, but it was not what they were thinking was going to happen when they pulled that bread out of the oven. The treasure in the field is another kind of sneaky one because the guy finds a buried treasure in a field and then he reburies it in the same field and then he goes to buy the field so he can claim the treasure was his. You think shrewd, but also kind of cheating the system a little, right? It's just a little sneaky and underhanded. Even the one about selling everything you have for the one most perfect priceless pearl Kind of makes sense, unless you're that guy's wife. And then, if he just sold everything for one pearl, it feels a little reckless and kind of wild, right? The kingdom of God isn't just small and surprising and worth a lot, but it's sneaky and subversive and just a little reckless. And that's the part that's kind of harder to hear for us. Theologian and pastor David Lowe said that this quick succession of provocative parables suggests two things. First, the gospel of God's coming kingdom is threatening before it is comforting because it invites no half measure. The gospel makes a claim on your whole life, not just a part of it. It invades your whole world and reality and it can't be contained only to your little spiritual Sunday self. Not only that, but it taints the reality we've grown to accept. It challenges the views we've lived by, and again and again, it calls into question assumptions that have guided much of our lives in the world. All of which means that the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus proclaims and lives is truly good news only to those who are not satisfied with what this life has to offer. So this got me thinking a little. If Jesus were here today, trying to teach us in this room about the kingdom of God and what it's like, using examples that might make a little more sense than mustard and yeast, I think it might go something like this. 
The kingdom of God is like dandelions. No matter how many you dig up or how much time you spend, there seems to be a new one, bright and sunny the next morning. The kingdom of God is like glitter. It gets everywhere. I mean everywhere, and you keep finding it in places even after you're sure you got it all. P.S. This is why I wanted Katie to sprinkle glitter on all the kids a couple weeks ago so that you'd keep finding little pieces on their faces a week later and be like, oh, grace of God, still there again. See? Makes sense. The kingdom of God is like a bowl of punch at a party where someone spikes it when no one is looking and it changes the whole party. The kingdom of God is like a winning lottery ticket which you find in a glove compartment while car shopping, so you buy the car so you can claim that the ticket is yours. The kingdom of God is like an art collector finding a Picasso for sale and knowing its worth so they sell every other piece of art they own to buy the one. The kingdom of God is like a free ice cream party at a public park. Everyone who's there gets ice cream. No exceptions. Kids, adults, old, young, happy, sad, even ones who weren't invited, even the ones who didn't expect it, even the ones who don't like ice cream, everyone. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is when Jesus says, Do you understand? The kingdom of God is so much more than small and surprising. And it's ours. Here and now, Jesus came to bring us a glimpse of the kingdom of God. God came here and stayed. See, the kingdom of God is not some fluffy place in the clouds we eventually go to. It is here and now, happening all around us. Invading, taking over, changing everything. It rarely looks like what we think it does. And we have examples all around us. The kingdom of God is someone offering to do a story time for our kids during the sermon twice a month. The kingdom of God is a funeral team gathering behind the scenes to serve and surround families who are grieving. The kingdom of God is an eight-year-old holding the hand of a three-year-old who isn't quite sure how she feels about kids' time or Sunday school. The kingdom of God is a prayer for someone struggling just when they need it most. The kingdom of God is a small group gathering to share ups and downs of this beautiful and brutal life together. The kingdom of God is protesters and allies and justice workers. The kingdom of God is a text sent at the perfect moment that says, I'm thinking about you. The kingdom of God is a baby who sleeps through baptism and a baby who cries through their baptism. The kingdom of God is found around tables in our welcome center and in conversations that go all the way to the cars in the parking lot. The kingdom of God is flowers and meals left on doorsteps without credit. See, the kingdom of God is happening all the time. And we get to be a part of it. Have you understood it? Do you get it yet? Jesus asks. And my answer this morning is maybe not quite 
Maybe not quite yet. But we're getting there. And together, Prince of Peace, do we continue looking for and pointing out the kingdom of God in this place. See that section from Romans that Terry read so well, we could, I could have preached the whole morning on just that because that is gospel right there. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That is a verse we say at funerals and at weddings because it is true in the highs and the lows of life. But we, as people of God who believe that gospel, have a job to do. We need to go out and point out the kingdom of God. And the best part is we get to point out the kingdom of God and then join in making it happen. When David Lowe said that it makes us a little uncomfortable to hear that the gospel always makes you feel worse before it makes you feel better, it's because we recognize how much we love feeling good over feeling stepping out of our comfortable box into the world. Right When I ask you to leave your pew box to say good morning to someone you don't know, a lot of you are like, no way. I am not doing it, right? This is what it means to go out into the world, to proclaim the love of a God who will not let anything separate us from him. The kingdom of God is happening all the time. And we get to join in. That's our invitation to a God who loves us and calls us to be in it with him. So again, have you understood all these things? And again, we say, maybe not yet. We're getting there. Amen. Sing that truth together. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me.